Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Today's a bit of a special one. This is the uh, first of a new new idea that we're doing. I guess it's a new idea. It's it's not something that hasn't been done before, but I thought it'd be interesting to get uh, you guys, the listeners, uh, all you guys who've been supporting the podcast, uh, all the new listeners who are starting to support the podcast, um, to come onto the podcast for this episode, which will go up on a probably on a Tuesday. Uh, our usual episode goes up on a Friday. Um, so this episode will go up on a Tuesday. Um, and we're going to call it simply, uh, uh, what are we calling it? See, I don't have Steve here to ask him. We're going to call it Porsche Owner Stories. Uh, for this one that I'm doing today um, with Nick, um, Steve's not going to be in it. Uh, Steve and I will probably just do the one on Friday together. I think it's just easier with the way that we, re- we record this. Uh, because I'm recording it through Zoom. Um, Nick, who's on today, is from the UK, so he is local, uh, but not local enough that we can do it in person. Um, So it's doing it by Zoom. Um, Once again, I always say, excuse the sound quality uh, if there's any issues. Um, And because I've got uh, Nick on the other line today, um, hopefully his microphone and his setup is okay. But we have tested it, and it sounded pretty good the other day when we started with it. Um, so this this Porsche Cool podcast is basically Porsche Owner Stories. This is going to be number one. This is the first one. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what car Nick has. I probably have mentioned it before, uh, and I have mentioned Nick before. You probably have heard of his name mentioned in previous podcasts, but I'm going to let Nick tell me all about his car. Um, but this, this podcast, this episode of the podcast is basically um, telling telling everyone's different story i guess uh we're all we're all united by the common uh porsche porsche passion uh and we all have different stories to tell sure some of those stories are similar but um it's how we got there and how we how we ended up owning a 911 and 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 what we love about the brand and what we love about uh the generation that we own and what else we're looking at so it's all about uh it's all about porsche ownership and it's direct from porsche owners um so that's about it. That's the intro. Uh, as you know, this is a Porsche Cool podcast. The Porsche Cool podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google. They're the main three, um, but it's available everywhere else. And I keep saying, if you if you don't like those three to listen to it on, uh, you just do a search and it comes up pretty much everywhere. Um, I want to say thanks for the support. I want to say thank you to... Um, and I've got to check my phone because I've, I always forget... Uh, I want to thank you, uh, make a thank you to um, our other uh, new Porsche Cooled member on Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon page where we ask for a small, uh, a small amount each month um, to become a, become a Porsche Cooled member. I can't speak this evening, sorry. Um, to become a Porsche Cooled member, and that will help us uh, keep going. And initially, it's going to help us uh, just upgrade microphones and buy equipment, uh, get Steve some new equipment as well. Um, so that's the idea about it. Uh, we had a second uh, a second member join Patreon, which was Justin. Uh, so thank you, Justin. Uh, and Justin um, has also shown interest in being on one of these owner stories. So Justin will um, will be talking about his Porsche um, in the coming weeks. Uh, there's a couple of other people that have asked me about being on these owner stories. So I will get in contact with you. Uh, I know a couple I have already, and I had another uh, another person ask me again today what it was all about. Um, so hopefully that intro has sort of given you an idea of what it's all about. Um, if you come on the owner stories, you know, there's a general guide here. It's not, 
I guess the owner stories, we don't want it like a Q&A. It's more about conversation. It's just chatting with uh, fellow Porsche owners. Um, and this time it's online. This is just what would happen if you went to your Porsche cars, cars and coffee or you went to a cars and coffee or you went to a Porsche meet or you met someone on the street who just happened to have a Porsche that parked near you. Uh, it's all about our passion. It's all about talking about what we love. So that's it. I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to uh, get Zoom connected. I'm going to get Nick on the other line and we're going to start the conversation and we're going to start the very first Porsche owners, sorry, Porsche owner stories on the Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, give me a second and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back um, and we have a special guest today. Like I said, this is the first of the um, Porsche owner stories. This is number one uh, and Nick is number one. Hello, Nick. Good evening, Michael. How are you? Not too bad. It's a little bit hot, but apart from that, it it's is hot. Very nice. To everyone out there, UK is uh, actually like a heat wave today. It's um, I don't know how hot it was. What was it? Twenty six degrees or something, which is which is pretty uh, hot here in sunny sunny England. It was about twenty nine up here. Was yeah, it? It was nice. Yeah, very pleasant. Very pleasant. It was very nice in Canary Wharf. I have to say, I went for a bit of a run today, and it was actually uh, it was a good thing to do. Okay, so this is uh, like I said, this is Porsche Owner Stories. Um, Nick is from the UK. Um, he is obviously not in the same area that I'm in, but he's close by today because he's actually, uh, I think he's in Cambridge. Is that correct, Nick? Yeah, on the road working. So he's on the road working in uh, Cambridge. And you had a good drive there as well, didn't you, in your 911, you were saying? Yeah, I, um, I came up late on Saturday night. It's a good time to sort of do the drive. And um, roads were quiet. And you can really... There's a couple of good stretches on the way up to Cambridge, which are you can really, yeah, not stupidly, but just feel the car at its at its limit. It's good. yeah, nice twisty roads. Yeah, and a couple of just just good roundabouts, things like that. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Okay, so before we get into that, we probably should just um, tell everyone uh, because they don't know already, or I don't think they know um, about your car. So uh, it just happens Nick does have. A Nick, I'll let you explain what car you have. I have a uh, black uh, 997.1 uh, Carrera 4S. And you've you've owned that for how long? I forget how long it was. A couple of years, uh, is it? It's, it's coming up a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. A couple, yeah. couple of years. Um, Nick's 997 is actually um, pretty special. Actually, um, tell everyone that it, because it's quite. And I say you shouldn't get hung up on options in the last episode. I actually made that point. <laughs> And I also left a comment on Mr. Nick Murray's um, YouTube today because I thought it was it was quite interesting how he bought that uh, Cabriolet, which was uh, pretty beat up, but it's a 993, so you can't get too hung up on how it looks. But Nick's car is pretty special because it is very well optioned. So um, what what are the options again, Nick, that your car has? Just a few of them? Well, I was going to say that there's no point mentioning them all, but the key ones I for me were the uh, Porsche Sport Exhaust System, um, and the full leather. I know that you're going to love this. The full leather interior, Michael. The full leather. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that I have to say. And and like I said in the introduction, you guys have probably um, heard me mention about Nick before because Nick is the guy that uh, was kind enough to come here to Canary Wharf and we went for a, a Porsche drive to um, Goodwood a couple of weeks back, well, quite a few weeks back now. Um, so that's, uh, that's the Nick that's been referred to in previous episodes. Sorry, Nick, I know we have a bit of a, bit of a structure here and I'm probably jumping around because I like to jump around. It's quite all right. Quite all right. That's what we're doing. Um, so that's who, uh, that's who Nick is. 
so that was a good day out, wasn't it? It was good. It was really, really good. Um, so let's go back because everyone has their everyone has their first memories of a nine eleven. Um, and and for me, I have to say my first memories of the nine eleven are a Carrera. Uh, I think it must have been a late eighties Carrera in a dealership looking through when you're young, um, and it was a green oak green one i remember seeing that and then i remember there was a friend of mine whose wife uh whose sister sorry had a nine 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 six four carrera i think it was a 92 964 carrera um and they're the two that kind of stick in my mind um so what was your what was the first time when you saw a 911 and you thought i've got to have one of those was it when you were a kid or was it when you were older or um it's interesting this one um it's late 80s it wasn't actually a proper Porsche in the sense of seeing a Porsche, it was um, in a magazine. There was a review of the 964 Turbo, it must have been at the time, it was bright red. And, I mean, that's, I think I'd seen Porsches before that, but you, know, you must remember back in the 80s, the UK, I mean, Porsches were quite rare, quite rare, even if you had a lot of money. Were they? They were, they were a very, certainly where I lived, there was a very discerning purchase. Mm, mm. And actually probably seen as a bit flashy, I think, as well, maybe. Um, and certainly, you know, I, I didn't, you didn't see many at all. So my first um, thing that sort of got my interest going was seeing this beautiful red um, turbo, a glowing review um, in this, what was a car magazine? I think my mum had bought it for me. I was, oh, I was in my mid-teens, right. you know, and and I was at that just that critical point in the eighties when, of course, in London, Porsche nine elevens were just the symbol of success. Yes, yes, and the same in and, Australia. Yeah, you know, and you know, I was part of the cliche. I just, I just wanted part of the action, and you know, I said, I'm going to have one of those, mm, mm. and uh, all my friends fell about laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's laughing? Who's laughing now, Nick? Who's laughing now? I don't um, know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think I think it is the the eighties nine eleven is is iconic, isn't it? It's the one you kind of remember. And I guess, um, and I also remember a, a boss of mine. His wife had one. His wife had the nineties um, one, a um, nine six four, I think it was. Um, but the '80s ones being so iconic with the whale tail and the shape and and you know the sound and and also you know the exclusivity, like you said, they were very they were they were rarer it than what the they culture. are. Yeah, they're rarer it's than the what culture. they are today. I think I think they're much they were much rarer then. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think I can't remember what the sales numbers in the UK were at the time, but they were a lot lower than they are now. Yes. And um, oh, that said, you know, nine elevens are still outside of London a pretty discerning purchase. I think. Okay, so when you went to buy your 911 in the UK, when you said, okay, that's it, I'm going to go buy a 911, did you do a lot of research? Yeah, I know, as you may know, I mean, I lived in Germany for a while in my working adult life, and, you know, I saw, obviously out there, we saw a lot, a lot. I mean, they were the car of choice for a certain, t- certain type of people in Germany. So, I mean, I built up that knowledge by living in Germany, and again, just aspiration i mean where we live we lived near dusseldorf and these things were double parked on the main street there that's how many though i mean it was just the family car of choice well the 911 in europe they just drive them summer and winter do as well don't they yeah yeah it doesn't really get it doesn't get locked away for winter storage it's it's just it's just driven no the winter wheels go on and away you go just just another day in the office it's fantastic so i i vowed i was going to get one so yeah um 
And I mean, to cut a long story short, a house sale fell through. And I just got so sick of this real estate market in the UK. I said, that's it. Um, I'm sick of looking at the money. Uh, we're going to do I'm going to do it. Just, and as James as also Amos would say, I pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah. And I think it happens really quickly. I mean, for me, there was a long build-up. And, you know, I let <clears throat> I did let ones go that I should have bought, like the 996 GT3, which is probably the worst, worst decision I ever made, not buying that one when it was very cheap. And then I know when I started looking, and I was, you know, I think like you, I, I started looking for a 997. Well, I looked at 996 turbos. I was looking at 996 turbos, and then I thought, no, I wanted, I wanted the 997. And obviously, I was, originally, I was looking for a Carrera S, um, and then I, you know, settled on the Carrera. And, and no regrets there at all, as you know. And I, you know, the research you do, and I'm sure you did the same research with uh, forums and reviews and YouTube videos and all the such. Is that how you did your research to, for the buying? Yeah. Or was it through um, friends who own 911s? Was it friends? A lot of friends. I'd had friends who owned Porsches, not 911s, but who owned Porsches. A lot, it took a lot of wide advice. YouTube is actually very, very good. Um, I mean, it was a toss-up between the 996 and the 997, I guess. You know, that's where the budget was sort of aimed at. And, you know, it's, it's really, really odd. A friend of mine who... He's going to kill himself laughing because he'll be listening to this later. But he, um, when we were in Germany, he owned a Boxster. Uh, right. He brought it back to the UK when he came back. And then one day we went out to a Porsche dealership to get some touch-up paint for us. And to cut a long story short, we bought one of the first Caymans that came into the UK on the back of this. All right. So he ended up he ended up with two cars. And um, so he's always been my partner in crime in terms of going and looking at these things. So we we went out to a place in London to buy these things. Good place. I'm not going to name it. Yes. And um, it was a recce. I said, Mike, let's go. Let's go and have a. Let's go and um, let's take a day off work. Let's go and have a you know chaps day out. And go and, look, go and look at them. We know what the budget is. We're serious buyers, but you know. But let's get the process going. I want to have one by the summer or something. It was the high level guidance or something. Yes. And um, yeah, I bought the I bought the first one that was put in front of me. But you didn't. <laughs> from my memory, what you told me, you didn't get a. Did you get a pre purchase inspection? No. You just bought it off the bat. And yeah. it was. And it was. Re- uh, I can't read your kilometers. Or your miles were not super low, were they? That was quite a driven car, wasn't it? It was or not low seventies, seventies, right? Low seventy thousand miles, so that's not bad for a um, you know that age car, really. You know, no, it's, it's it's that's pretty normal mileage. And I did say in the last podcast that uh, with Steve that I read somewhere like with the nine nine six that IMS issues really if you if you have a if you're looking for a nine nine six for example and it's got over fifty thousand miles, the chances of the IMS being an issue are very slim. Apparently, like so, the well-driven cars are actually better with with that IMS issue that all new uh, Porsche 997 and potential Porsche 997 and 996 owners think about because there's always something that's out there that you have to clear your mind for and be and be okay buying the car. Um, yeah, I mean, Steve put it quite succinctly last week. You're buying the owner at the end of the day, and correct. The, the car I bought had been through that dealership three times, so they knew the car. That's a good point, actually. I mean, three times, you know, that's, and I know Waterhouse Hamilton in Sydney, they have the same thing where people will buy it and sell, and sell it back. The person who bought it will sell it back to them. 
And I think that's that's good if you can find a car like that. You know what I mean? If you can find a, a car that's been sold, that's been sold and serviced by that dealer, it's been sold a few times, they know the car, you know, and they'll stick by it. They'll they'll support you if yeah. anything goes wrong. Which I think they did uh, with, you said they did with you as well. So that's that's Yeah, yeah. There was a few minor it's boring stuff, but this, it was all sorted, you know, and it was very much they were very embarrassed. I mean, they're a good they're a good place to buy them. And I remember the guy who sold it to me said, he said, look, you know, there's two types of buyer, first-time buyers that come along. And he says, he says they either sell it within a month or six months or they are on crystal meth for the rest of their life. Yeah. Once you buy one, that's it. It's all over. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over. You will live in a cardboard box to keep and I think it. You can or, put, I think our, our yeah. problem is we're in the group where it's all over. Yeah, I told my, <laughs> I told, I told my son that's it, you know. You know where you sit on the food chain on this. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's always, there's always going to be one in the driveway. That's for sure. One or two, hopefully more than one. That's the idea. Yeah, well, well let's talk about that later. In the so, you know? so, okay, so going back to that first turbo you saw in the magazine, were you ever tempted to go and buy an air-cooled or you didn't even think about it? You wanted a more modern 911? No, I mean, have you, 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 you've talked at length <laughs> about the prices here. I mean, you know, um, the problem is I don't think you can even justify this as an investment anymore now. They are at, I mean, how can they get any higher? I mean, they are... You've got to pinch yourself. They, they are they are what they are, and that's fine. But you know you got to yeah you know what I'm, you know where I'm going with it. But you know that uh, Nick Murray just said that he bought that 993 Cabriolet manual for twenty thousand US. Like it's. I mean, is that is that a video that's <laughs> has he published that video? Yes, yet? he has. Or, yes, it has. Oh, I today, haven't had a chance today. to watch it. Oh, but, right, uh, you okay, should watch I'm, it. But he said he paid yeah, twenty thousand yeah. US. So I always say the US are lucky in that because their their prices are obviously much much lower. So I've only seen the photos on Instagram. So is this Balt- Baltic Blue 964 convertible? Yeah, it's um, it's well worn. Yeah, it's well worn. But you know how well, you know how you're looking for a 92. How you'd like the idea of a 928? Yeah, has he got one going now? He's selling it? his. You could, it's a you, unicorn. you could put him in an offer. I'll talk to him. <laughs> but only if the uh, fuse box is leather covered, of course. Yeah, that's right. It has to be leather covered. That's, I think. I think. He mentioned That's something. That's the deal breaker. <laughs> he mentioned a low price in the video. You should watch the video. He said he's going to sell it for a certain price, and it seemed very low to me. I thought, I, I'm, I'll, I'll talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so nine nine seven. Yeah. Um, so when you first picked it up, when you first picked the car up, I mean, I know for myself, it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty special time when you first get in there and you first drive away from the dealer. Um, my situation was similar to yours, where it happened pretty quickly. I looked at the car on a Saturday. Um, I went with Steve. I went to the car on a Saturday. I wasn't keen on it because I didn't like the wheels. It had 20-inch tech-up wheels on it, and that turned me <laughs> off. But it had very low kilometers, and it was immaculate condition, etc. Um, so I eventually – but I did a PPI, etc. It took me like a – I think that next week, during the next week it took me, and I think the next weekend I had the car. So it was basically like a week before it, you know, before it happened. But it was a pretty – reasonable quickly quick decision and i think that's the best ones to make i think you know you if you think about it too much and you, you sort of get bogged down in looking at ads and and going through so many different versions you just have to come to a conclusion if you see one and it's, and it's good enough a 911 is a 911 and and there's not really any bad in my mind any bad 911 uh out there um especially well, I mean, if you're getting a manual yeah. you know if you're getting a good manual um, I don't think you can really go that that wrong. You know, you're always going to spend mean, mon- you're always going to spend yeah. money on it, Nick. Right? It's it's a you know it's a 15 year old car. So I mean, someone said to me, you know, it's 30 grand. You can, you can you can pay for it however you want. You know, but the the answer is it's 30 grand. You know. Yeah. 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 
So you can think you're getting a cheap Porsche, but you're not really, because you'll end up having to do this, that, and the other to it. So, yes. I mean, my high-level sort of guidance was, it's got to be manual. I actually wanted a you know, Carrera 2 to start with, but you know, but I wasn't too hung up on that. And I, I viewed the whole thing, really, whatever I got, it was sort of going to be the training one. It was going to be the one I was just going to learn how mm. to own a Porsche. And, you know, I, I, I took very much a two, three-year view of it. I thought, you know, it'll either work out and we'll flog it or, you know, or, you know, or we'll, I'll probably want to trade it up having learned how to own it and drive it and got, you know, got my insurance built up and things like that. Yeah, well, let's get on to that, actually, because... Um the Carrera 4, yours is the Carrera 4S. So obviously the Carrera 4S is very appealing because of the wide body. Um, it's got the extra power because it's the S. I mean, when we when I drove in your car, it it, it felt powerful. And I mean, it's hard to tell as a, as a passenger, but it did actually, for me, it felt like it had more pull than mine. Now, maybe that's because, you know, in a, in a Carrera 4... Uh, you know, you're, there's there's push and pull, I guess. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 kicking in from the front as well as the back. Um, maybe that's what I was feeling. But I also think it was a lot more powerful, and it should be as well because it is it is the S, and the S does have noticeable more power than than a base Carrera. Yeah, I mean, we had to be a bit careful when we were out because it was raining quite hard. But correct. Which um, that said, it 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 was grippy still, even in that wet. Um, I have to admit. Up front, and I'll be honest, I was seduced by the wide body. Um, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's. I'm, 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 I'm honest enough to admit I'm superficial in that. Yeah, respect. no, the wide yeah. body. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I remember in in a suburb in Sydney called Paddington, which people from Australia will know what that is, and it has oh, yeah, very yeah. now very narrow back streets. And I remember in uh, 2006 or 2007, you know, I was walking actually. I was walking the, in the streets and then it came past a 997, you know, I think it was a point two actually. I think it must have been when the point twos. No, it was point one. It was a point one. And I just remember seeing it in those streets and thinking that that is just so wide. Like, you know, compared to even the model, the 996, it just seems so wide and so like, it was just a beautiful car. It really was a beautiful car. And it's interesting um, when friends see it, you know, or come to stay or, you know, whatever. And um, they go, it's the first thing they pick up on. No, I noticed it getting into your car after, you know, that familiar thing, walking into the car or going to the right passenger seat or driver's seat, mm. you notice how much wider it is. It is noticeable. And also, like I said to you when we're driving, when you're looking out that rear vision mirror. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's such a familiar view, but then looking at your rear, rear haunches and they're just, it's yeah. so much wider. Like it's, it's, it's insane how much wider they are. It looks fantastic. It really does. So I, had, I obviously had concerns about having a four-wheel drive vehicle when I hadn't really wanted to get one originally. But, you know, you know, when you realise, of course, that the power isn't completely... It's not a 50-50 split all the time. It's predominantly still to the rear. Yes. Um, so, okay, there's a little bit of weight up front. You know, Steve's been through all of this nonsense. Yeah, now. there's you more know, weight, yeah. You know, but if you've got to come back to the original guidance I set for myself, it's, it's a training Porsche. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was just going to be whatever it was going to be. Yeah, and we'll and we'll get into that. What you're what you're going to get next? Because I think what you're going to get next is pretty exciting if you actually uh, follow through with that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Nick Murray's nine two eight, isn't it? So, so I think I think that's pretty exciting. Um, all right, so you you drive out of the dealer. When was the first time? So you, you when was the first time you went for a, a proper drive and realized how much you? I guess we have to say love it. How much you actually love the car. Do you, rem- do you remember that time, that point in time? Yeah, I mean, there's probably two occasions. One's quite 
meaningful and the other one was totally superficial and a cliche. I mean, I'm lucky I live down in a rural area and I did a quite a long drive down the rural road, beautiful rural roads we have down our way, to see some friends. Um, and, you know, just there's a, there's a very good road. It's not one of my favourite roads, by the way. I've got a list of those here. But um, it's a good road, though. Um, and just realising that this thing could corner. This thing was built for cornering mm, and mm. powering through corners. And the <clears> noise, <throat> if you just get it in the right gear to corner, it is just a joy. Yeah, I agree. That's that's my first um, that's my first impression, and I I probably have mentioned it as well. Um, going to the Royal National Park in Sydney, which is down south in Sydney, and they're very twisty roads. Uh, not so narrow, but they're very twisty. Uh, some hairpins in there as well, which you have to because it's sort of it's going up and down a mountain. Um, going down to the water towards Wollongong in New South Wales. And the first thing I noticed is, wow, this car really knows how to corner and how fast you can take a corner, how fast you can go into that corner. And, you know, that braking before the corner and letting the car take you around the corner and that feeling, you know, that feeling is like nothing else. And I think until you own a 911, you won't, you won't understand it. You won't understand it as a passenger, but, you know, once you drive it and you do that, and then, like you said, the sound. And when I first got my car, the sound was, you know, your car's much better because it has the PSE, and the PSE sounds fantastic. Uh, mine just had the standard Carrera exhaust, which was um, pretty flat. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd uh, oil on the flames of the dot one versus dot two noise yeah. issue. And the, but, one, and the dot one PSE <laughs> obviously sounds a lot better than the dot two, right? <laughs> so, so they say. <laughs> but I do remember the time, like I said, when I had my Fister fitted and I did the same road. And the difference, you know, that experience was just so much better. You know what I mean? Like with the with the sound of the exhaust. And I think anyone buying a 911, if you, if it doesn't have the PSC like yours, you know, you have to you have to get an exhaust mod. Even though I'm not a hundred percent keen on some of the exhaust mods that some people are doing at the moment on on 911s, I think they just don't sound right. But that's another story. I think this is one of the ones issues where you, on the whole, you got to trust Porsche with it. I think. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of, soul, of the Soul exhaust system. I know they're very popular and I know people love yeah. them, but I think the sound to me, it just doesn't sound, and I know James at Auto Amateur did it, and I just, yeah, yeah. to me the sound doesn't it, doesn't, it loses some of the essence of the Porsche sound. It doesn't sound right. I mean, me. I saw the pictures of the manifolds he's just put on. I mean, they look beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beautiful pieces of engineering, but I, I'm i sort of um, Mr. OEM on this one to a, cer- yeah. to a certain extent. I kind of trust Porsche with it. Yeah, no, I, I, and you know, I would have, I would have, I priced the uh, sports uh, PSC to get fitted aftermarket, and it was way too expensive. That's why I went with the Fister option. Um, it was, a, it was way too expensive to get fitted, and quite complicated because of the switchable, yeah. switchable exhaust. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of roads, um, in the UK, actually, you, you've got yeah. favourite roads that are not in the UK, don't you? Because you've driven a lot in Germany, so you actually yeah. know better roads. Yeah. And so, the Dolomites, yeah, you know, and all of that. So yeah. maybe just tell uh, people a couple of um, because you got me onto those curves books because I bought two yeah. now. I bought, I bought the Italian one the other day as well. Oh, uh, because that's the, it. And yeah. the, the the photography in those <laughs> books is just so you just want to you just want to be on that road. It's just amazing. It. I mean, I've been in those roads winter and summer, and they're they're delightful for different reasons. But um, yeah, I particularly the Dolomites, that Austrian region, that South Germany area. It is just wonderful. I saw a video on um, YouTube the other day. I think it was Stelvio Pass or Stelvio Pass, whatever mm. it is. And 
a person was complaining about it. I don't know. I think it was a video because of the cyclists, because it's like very mm. difficult to, you know, there's so many cyclists on that road too. Um, so I guess it's well, picking, I the when, right, picking the right time of the year and the right time of day to be on that road to actually enjoy it. Is, is there a lot of is. cyclists when you've been on these roads? If you, well, I lived in the Dolomites for quite a while. And okay. The summer it is. It's 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 very. So I think if you're going to go and do these trips and you really want to do it well, um, you've got to go May, early June at the latest, and then September, early October. But you know, you know, autumn comes pretty quick up there. It changes yeah. very very quickly. So you know, you, you're going to get a lot of rain and stuff. So all that all that. Glorious photography, you know. You might have a few grim days, actually. Mm, so, mm. Um, but that'd be s- my ideal sweet spot for going. That's July, the, August, forget it, forget it. Right, right. So that's the ideal place. Yeah, I th- um, in terms of overseas, I think that's, I think they're, they're they're great. That's the timing you need to go. Um, and as you as you know, we're planning it for next year because we yes. have to bin it this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of COVID, I have, but you've done the roads in Scotland as well, though, right? Have you? I lived up there as a student. Oh, right. Um, so you haven't so driven... I, only rem- I only remember it as a student and driving them in crappy cars. But mm. um, but it is fantastic. And I've got the Curve Scotland. Now, we were planning on doing it this, well, this month, September. But, yeah, because Scotland know. and Wales are supposed to be quite fantastic, yeah. aren't they? So, again, Wales was our fallback. We were going to do a long weekend in Wales if Scotland didn't work out. I just, it's just, I just doesn't feel right doing it at the moment. No, I don't think you can do it now. Even though it seems, I just don't think you could enjoy. It. You could do it, but you know, for us, it's it's not just the driving; it's the cultural self-indulgence as well. Staying in nice places with good good people with you on the trip, and you know, and having good food, and you know, when you work hard, these are serious downtime operations, and you yeah, want to yeah. really, really enjoy it. And if you, you know, if you happen to faff around, you know, worrying about rules and you yeah. Know, and, uh, you, know, you can't do it. it. You can't do it and, and enjoy it properly at the moment. It's it's best just to to delay it. I think, um, yeah. and you know, it's only a year, I guess, isn't it? It's not that long. It goes. Well, I mean, you know, we have no control over it. Let's see what next year brings. But I mean, you know, we've got a plan. Let's let's make, try and make the plan work for next year. And you yeah. know, that's yeah. all you can do. Do you want to talk about the roads? I mean, uh, yeah, a couple of couple of top tips in the UK. I yeah, think. okay. Like Give us your top tips. Top tips in the UK. Right, there is, in the north of England, for those that know, in North Yorkshire, there is a road from Hutton Le Hole north up to basically Middlesbrough, over the North Yorkshire Moors. Basically, you turn off the A170 and go north. Right. That road over the North Yorkshire Moors is absolutely fantastic. Okay. So those that know, they'll know, there'll be comments, I'm sure. That's the tip. That's the tip. And then there's a very good road in the south of England. Some people may know it. It's the B4000 from Newbury area up to sort of the A34 through Lambourne. Right. That road, absolutely phenomenal. Right. You want to find a nice, quiet summer's evening. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. And then those roads down near Goodwood, where we where we went, obviously, for the dry. Yeah, there's the, tw- um, yeah. the A24, the A272 down towards Goodwood through Petworth and that. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's a lovely spot down there. It really is a lovely spot. It's a place where you want to take a 911, that's for sure. And you also bump into quite a lot of other cars around there, which is quite Well, nice. that day we saw so many 911s, and we saw so many 997s that day. I was and a Carrera GT. And a Carrera GT, like flying in the in the rain when the rain started. 
crazy yeah, people yeah, with exactly. their whatever it is, a million pounds or whatever it costs for a Carrera GT. Something ridiculous like that. But they're just going out for their Sunday lunch. So yeah. It's just, a, just yeah. another day in Sussex, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's its daily run. That's the GT's <laughs> daily run. It's 20 miles, 30 miles every Sunday. So <laughs> 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 uh, it's, it's a passion, that's for sure. All right. So um, what have you... Let, let's talk about... Uh, things you've done to your car because um you know a lot of the the videos i've done a lot of podcasts we've talked about accessories we've added and i know you've added similar things maybe similar things so recently what have you added to your car to your 911 i mean it, it, it's a real minefield isn't it this area it is because i want to state there's, there's, i want to state though you haven't added any carbon that's the most important thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Carbon doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, you hear that, the, Steve? The, the, Carbon does nothing for Nick, Steve. <laughs> um, okay. they, there's half of you that just wants to keep the car OEM. You know, there's that. It, Porsche built it at the factory. That was the spec. You want to leave it. But the, the problem with the 997 is, is that there's a few areas where it, it is lacking, and it, on, particularly on the technology side. But at the same time, whatever you do, you want to keep it true to 2006 when it was built. So it's interesting. Before, so be, between saying I was going to buy it and picking it up, I told them to put cruise control on it because it didn't have cruise control from. Oh, okay. Can that be added? Can it? Yeah, it can. Yeah. As it's not that expensive. Porsche part. Yeah, yeah. It's just totally. programming, is it? It's a stick and programming. Yeah, and a oh, right. little hole in hole in the steering column. I I've guess, never but. used my cruise control on my 911. It has it, but I've never used it. It's quite handy here in the UK for the sort of motorway stuff. And I, my, my feeling was was that whilst I probably wouldn't use it very much, if you're sort of just doing those transit journeys across France or Germany, and you know you're just sat on the autobahn or autostrada or auto route, you know, it. You, you just yeah. don't want your foot stuck on the throttle, do you, really? You just want to dial it into whatever the speed is and sit back and listen to the orchestra behind you. Yeah, I used it when I had my Audi all the time. I used to use it all the time in the event, but I, I, I've never, I've, I'm pretty sure my car has it. I'm pretty, yeah, it does have it. I haven't actually used it. So, I mean, the drive on Saturday, when I was, the motorway sections, I mean, I just stuck it on cruise control. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know. So I had that done, and then... I had the Embridge, Mobridge, Mobridge um, Bluetooth thingy done to the um, PCM. Mm. That's something I'm interested in, actually, because I'm like you. I don't, I don't like the car to look non-OEM. And people are going, what are you talking about? Because you've got wheels that aren't OEM color. And Well, my wheels are actually OEM color, and I've got a stripe on the side. But inside, I don't, I've never, been, never wanted to change over the PCM. You know what I mean? And, and Steve yeah. did his in his GT3 and his looks good and he's got CarPlay and it all works very well. But for me, I just wanted to keep it, you know, as it was. As ugly as some people think it is, I wanted to keep it as it was. But I was thinking about doing that Mobridge, which I mentioned to you, you know, last mm. time when we chatted. Um, and you said it works pretty well, yeah? Yeah, I'd say it works on the whole. It's pretty good. It's not cheap. You've got to, you know, and interesting, I mean, I didn't really use it much for the first six months because I was too busy enjoying the engine. Um, I only really use it, I'll be honest, I only really use this on those sort of motorway journey type things, really. You know, right. I want to listen to some podcasts or whatever, you know, but or some music, you know, because it's quite good now. You, you know, you've got Tidal, you know, you can you know, you know, can use Tidal on the move. So, But um, I'll be honest, when I'm driving locally, I never have it on. 
See, I was going to get it fitted, and there's a guy in Sydney that does it, uh, who mm. Steve is actually a friend with. Um, I think it's, I think in Australia, I think it's about a thousand plus installation or something, a thousand Aussie plus installation, or it's a thousand fitted, something like that. Yeah, um, but I, pri- a- but I primarily wanted, it, and I told you this, I just wanted it. I was really about the telephone side of it. I don't have a problem with the CD changer in my car, and I know when you put the Mobridge in, I think you have to skip the CD changer because the Mobridge uses the. CD changer yeah. or something. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, that was only because, that's the and I said this to you, the SIM card slot, that mm. little SIM card slot in the PCM with the telephone module that my car has, I was using up until uh, they, they cut off 2G. So unfortunately... Yeah, I didn't realise that in Australia. Yeah. That, but yeah. So in Australia, there's no 2G, 2G for the listeners out there. And that little SIM card slot, I just got a SIM, a prepaid SIM, used to stick it in and it worked so good like the sound from the microphone you know the inbuilt porsche telephone kit was fantastic and then all of a sudden australia discontinued 2g you can't get 2g chips so there's nothing you can do about that sim card slot anymore you can't use it so well i i don't use my phone in the car so yeah you said that that problem out yeah you just don't take any calls no it's not it's not (laughs) it's not what what can be more important, Michael, than you just driving your nine eleven? Exactly, yeah. you're concentrating because you're going so fast. You don't want to be doing the phone as well. It's not right? just that. What phone? Seriously, what phone call could be more important than the intimate experience of driving your car? What about if your mother calls you when you're driving? You don't want to take the call. No. <laughs> it's it's not. It's it's a distraction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the Mobridge, Mobridge is pretty good. I know a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> forums and other and I know a lot of people have fitted the Mobridge and a lot of people have fitted the other one Denison isn't it Denison there's the Denison I think the Mobridge is the record I would say the Mobridge has got the edge Mobridge seems I, to be the the one the the one of choice it seems to be the I think one it's of choice. it's not just about the way it's fitted I think it's got a personally been a bit of a music thing I I think it's got a better DAC in it than, right right than Denison Someone so out there is probably going to tell us it's the same thing. I probably, probably. No, someone's yeah. going to tell us that the one on Amazon, and I know there's one on Amazon, that one that you can fit, and I can't remember the name of it. Because I remember when I was talking about Mobridge a couple of years ago, people were like, keep telling me, get the one from Amazon, it's only this much money. Um, but I think that's got a lot of issues as well. But I know people do fit it on Renlist, and I can't think of the name. I think it's FM something. It's called FM something. Um, I should remember the name because I got in trouble for not remembering names of things, so I should remember the names. Don't worry, people will keep you straight in the comments. You know, they do. Um, so what else, What else, Nick? So the Mobridge, the cruise control, uh, what other significant ones? Not all of them, what's a significant one? I know recently you did something that I'm going to do, which you spent a lot of time preparing. So you don't want me to talk about the new volume buttons on the PCM unit then? Oh, yeah, you can talk about those. <laughs> no, I think that's, that. you know, these are the little things, though. You know, these are, your air conditioning, your air conditioning uh, thing. Yeah. Well, your air conditioning things were were wrecked when you bought the car? They were reconditioned already. No. So when I bought, when I looked at the car, um, the guy who runs the place says, he says, Ugh, he says, it's typical on these 997s. They're all the same. He says, we've got some bloke in, some artisan in Wales. Right who reconditions them. Right. So when I came to pick up the car, it was all looked brand new again. Oh, that's good. But, but, the, but then these two, you know, the volume button and the navigation button on the right, yes. the, the two circular ones, they made them look worse, of course, because right. they were all tatty. So, yeah, I, I just bought some new ones. That's a cheap fix, though, those buttons. I, my, my controls are actually okay, those two dials. My air conditioning, um, my air conditioning was shot and it was coloured in with black texture and it distressed me so much when I picked up the car. I actually didn't notice it 
when I was looking at the car, I don't know how I didn't notice it. I didn't notice it. And then I picked up the car and I noticed it and it just bugged me so much. I just bought another air conditioning unit. So Anyway, so buttons done. You know, that's good. They catch the eye. Yep. Um, I did the stainless steel sills, Michael. Which look fantastic. I have to say they look really, really good. <laughs> and what's weird is that it doesn't matter how many times I photograph them and what camera I use, you just can't capture how great they look. Yeah, I know. I, I tried to take a photo that day just with my iPhone and it didn't work. Um, no. They look they look really good. Uh, they're a brush sort of finish, the seals. I mean, people who have them know what they are, but they're a brush finish. Uh, you can get them for 997s. You just buy them from whatever parts place, Design 911, Suncoast. Um, and it's kind of white, the, the logo, isn't it? It's white underneath or... It's the quality. It's a different. It's a. It's an all. It's a contrasted polish. Yeah. Yeah. Insert. It's. It's very, very well done. No, they look it, like it quality. It feels German. It feels German. It's yeah. solid. Yeah, because I know yeah. other companies do them. Renline do them. Um, who else did I see them? There's. There's other companies there's making a couple, them. Yeah. But I think you yeah. want to buy the OEM. If you, you may as well just spend a bit of extra money. They're not that expensive. They're three hundred quid or something here. I think. I. I. I mean, okay. You've got to be careful what you say here, but. You know, I didn't think when the invoice came through, I thought, went, whoa. I mean, it's not like the sun visor debate, is it? No, no. Where you go, wow. But, you know, I just thought, yeah, I got them. They were heavy. They were considerably really beautifully built. Mm, mm. And when they were fitted, I just I just didn't I didn't go, whoa, you know. But that. your your black ones were okay, weren't they? There was nothing wrong with them. They weren't damaged in any way or? No, they just looked, they just didn't look the part. See, mine, one, my driver's side one has some kind of, I mean, I put stuff on it, uh, some expensive stuff that I bought that make it look more, yeah. more matte, but it, it's kind of all like uh, sort of marked, mottled marked. I don't know if it's from water or something's been spilt mm. on it, so it always bugs me. So, the, you know, I, I could just change it for the same, but I think if you're going to have to take them off and you're going to oh. have to go through that, work, that effort that you did to get all the oh. glue off that both you and Steve <laughs> have told me how, and James as well have told me how difficult that is. I think you want to do it for something that's an improvement, not the same. So I think it's worth it, that's yeah. for sure. And they look beautiful. So yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad you think so anyway. Yeah. And then you're also getting a lot of the leather parts done from um, yeah, Design I LS. Had, yeah, I had um, the leather assessment done by Michael Bath. He gave me a personal, <laughs> personal leather breakdown. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so I've, I've had the center console done already. That's And that was... Sort of a tester. The thing was, the one that was in wasn't bad, but it's so boring. The one that's um, yeah, the console lead we're talking about. The console yeah, lead, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I'd seen on YouTube before we'd met your video, and I thought I'm going to get one of those. I'm going to get one of those. And then when I looked looked at the price, I thought, oh my god, because I like the sun visors. Yeah. Just outrageous price. Yeah, the console's a bit crazy. Um. So you pointed me towards the um, artisan Linus. Yeah. And I thought. And he, he quoted a price, and I thought, well, that isn't too bad, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. No, I think so. Yeah. I did it, and I thought it was extremely good. And the quality is fantastic. It is, it, it is. And is. anyone in the UK that wants leather parts done for their. And I've had a couple of people ask me, actually. And I always worry about pushing more and more people on. I think the prices are going to go I, up. I, well, it's not just that. I don't want his pipeline getting clogged. Yeah. Um, I've got stuff in there at the moment. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a tracking number for, to see if my parcel was actually shipped. So I don't know what's happening there. Um, but uh, the product it, that the product that's made is really, really good. Um, it is. If you're doing things like uh, steering wheels, etc., like that, I mean, the steering wheel price is through through uh, Design like, LS are, are is we, so. Are we going to have cheap. a steering wheel debate today? 
Are we, are we going to go there? <laughs> well, <laughs> the podcast, I mean, this podcast is going to come out, actually, this, uh, just, this podcast is actually going to come out next, this is going to be put it live next Tuesday. Nick, this is going to be on oh, right, this right. is Tuesday's episode. So before that episode, there will be the episode with Steve. So that had already most people would have well, already heard it already. So right. on that point in that podcast, you would have heard Steve and I talk about the steering wheel debate again because he's yeah. he's put this seed of this idea in my head about the steering wheel. Um, so you know the idea of just do, keeping my triangle wheel but getting it covered in. In, uh, I can't see the point in doing that because it's the wrong steering wheel already. Yeah, and not having to change the airbag. And he's saying I should do I it. Think in, you're I should do I it think... in. I should do it in dark grey Alcantara with the center marker, as per the. Huh? I think I think you're throwing good money after bad. Really? Yeah. Just go all the way. Just get the. GT3. I think if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, put the right steering wheel on. Yeah. Right. Right. But, uh, it's just my personal opinion. Yeah, because in Australia there's a and I, there was a, there's a cheap wheel for like three hundred US uh, three hundred Australian dollars, which is what one hundred and fifty pounds, which is very cheap, yeah. very oh, very cheap. That's a gift if you can get it. That's, it's getting hold of the donor part. That's, that's the triangle the, wheel though. They have a triangle wheel. Oh, triangle right. wheel, not multifunction. See, my wheels multifunction. They have a triangle yeah, wheel multifunction, here. and he has a couple of them. It's the guy that I actually bought. I actually bought a leather part from him. I bought the center speaker on my dash. That's right. It said. was out of a GT3. It was a wreck GT3. And Steve bought a couple of parts from him, I think, or he was going to buy something from him. So I bought that part. It was only like, you know, $90. So what, 45, 50 pounds? It was cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he also has the wheels. So that's why I was thinking about it. But I'm not decided upon it. I, I'm, I'm like you. I feel like if you're going to do it, I have to go all the way, but then you've got to pay, and, and you got to pay major, for the airbag. It's a major, major expense. A major yeah, expense. Yeah. And even a donor wheel is. Yeah, there's some silly money out there. I mean, I know you get something for the old wheel, but yeah. Okay, so um, what else? Anything else you've added? Sorry, oh, I'm going to this. Well, we've got the uh, stencil. So you've done all the leather so, parts. You're doing the leather parts. Yeah, I, um, I um, vainly put a fire extinguisher under my seat. Ah, that's right, your fire extinguisher. Yeah. Tell people about that because maybe there's people out there, I think, who... I mean, it's not... So you got the uh, Renline one, right? The Renline yeah. mount. I hadn't planned to do it. My car was in for a service during lockdown. Well, my car went in for a, its annual service the week before lockdown. And then it just got stuck in there. Right. And why... I can't remember how, but one of the lock, one of my um, ratchet nuts, mounting nuts, fell off while I was doing some work on the car before it went in. And it ended up under the seat, rattling around. So I said to the um, Andy, who does the cars down where we are, I said, look, while, while the car's in, you know, because it was stuck there, can you take the front seat out and um, find this, this, this bolt? He said, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then I rang him back the next day because, of course, this was going on for weeks at this point. I said, you know, if you're going to take the seat out, I'm going to pay you to do that. I said, why don't you just put a mounting, one of these Renline mounting plates on? Because you're getting seriously bored now in the lockdown, and you're yeah. just thinking of things to do with the car. Yeah. And I thought, well, you can put it on. So he did. He put it on, and then um, it came back after the service in May, and it's in there for nearly two months. But right. And then um, I bought the rest of it. But it's quite an expensive job, to be fair. How but much it was is quality? How quality. much was the Renline mount? Just the mounts. The mount that just mounts to the. Um, the chair itself is about just over a hundred quid, I think. The actual quid. thing mm. that yeah, the container wrap, 
Mm. The container that wraps around your fire extinguisher and then bolts onto the mounting plate, that is quite pricey. But it is a lovely, lovely piece of engineering with, with ceramic ball bearings in the locking joints and things like that. Um, it's, air, it's aircraft grade, you know. It's sort of 300 quid. Yeah, it's three hundred quid. Yeah. yeah, because I remember when I was looking at recently uh, the prices for the OEM version, the plastic version, and that was yeah. when you get all the little parts. Because uh, there was another guy on Instagram that gave me the list of the parts when I asked him about his mm. uh, the Carrera white guy in Germany, um, and it was yeah, I think it was close to three hundred and sixty, three hundred seventy pounds just for the Porsche plastic one. See, so when you think the Renline yeah. one is like the aluminium, and like you said, it is quite a beautiful piece of work. You know what I mean when you see it fitted. Um, and then when you, this is one where I think Porsche got it wrong. It's not quite up to snuff for the money, I think. But so. I think, yeah, I think if someone's looking to fit a fire extinguisher into their 997 or uh, I guess any Porsche, I guess it just hooks underneath the seat, right? It goes into the mounts underneath it, the seat. It does. It's very cleverly done. And then the mounting thing for the um, actual extinguisher, that bolts on. Yeah. To well, there's a plate that there's a plate that mounts onto the other plate, and then the quick release thing pulls the whole thing out with the rings attached. Yeah. I, I, the only bit of advice I really give to the you can't. Um, it might sound obvious to some people, but you can't post fire extinguishers around the world. Correct. So a lot of these things are advertised with these really cool looking um, Halden fire extinguishers from the states. They look great. Works of art. You can't get them in the UK. And the other problem is that these mounts have a very, very, and it is, the tolerances are very, very tight. It mm, is mm. literally three-inch diameter. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, and I only found one place in the UK where you could get a three-inch diameter, two-liter uh, fire extinguisher uh, that would do the job. Yeah. And it, uh, they, I mean, they're a very good company, and they're not too bad. I mean, it's about 100 quid for the fire extinguisher right. it's a great fire extinguisher but you know you're talking about a choice of one here yeah and then there's the 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 one that the guy told me on instagram the uh, gloria brand which he reckons was the brand that porsche used to use which is available in germany i know it's not available yeah. in australia i don't know whether it's available in the uk and i think but there's is one, it th- is, one it th- is it three inch diameter will it go in there I it'll fit know, it fits the it fits the plastic mount because he had it in the plastic mount yeah i forget which one, I, I forget what it was powder one one kilo or two yeah. kilos i can't remember what size it was but i suspect it won't fit that renline one it won't fit the renline one right but it fits yeah no. this is for the porsche plastic yeah. uh porsche yeah. plastic one um but that that you know i looked for australia and it wasn't available in australia that brand um so yeah, it's obviously yeah. a european maybe european american thing or european only um yeah what else, uh, what fire, else? Fire what extinguisher else? that was the big one yeah yeah um and le- leather there's more leather you know I, I i came away from the michael bath assessment feeling pretty pretty small on the leather front so even though i had a full leather interior yeah but you your know. car your car still has the yeah it still has the advantage because you have got the leather dash and the leather dashboard is a very expensive aftermarket yeah. thing to do and you can do yeah. it i mean steve steve did his on his 993 and he did that through more of a family friend, so it didn't cost as much. But, you know, and um, there's a guy in Sydney that does it as well, but I know it, it would be very, very expensive. And that's a great thing to have, I think. That leather mo- that leather option in a 997, if you find one with that leather option, if you're looking for a 997, yeah. I think is a great one to have. The leather dash yeah. and the leather doors it, and the yeah. leather center console, the full con- console, yeah. uh, is actually yeah. really, really worth it. Because um, other things you can add on, you know, like, you, like you've been doing, you can add on the... 
you know, the leather backrests. You can add on the sun visors, leather sun visors. You can do all those yeah, little things. Yeah, so the, you know, the rear seat stoppers, yeah, they're in at the moment. So The rear seat stoppers, I reckon, are one of the most important things because it's good to have your back seats down and you see that bit of stitch. Yeah, it, looks very it cool. catches the eye. It, it does. It looks really eye. cool. It looks really, really cool. Um, and then we've got the, uh, what else have we got on the list? Sun, sun visors. Alcantara, we decided on the day in the end, didn't we? Yeah, so you're getting the Alcantara sun visors. Um, yeah. Sills are going to get done. Sports chrono. And the sports chrono covered in leather. I don't think yeah. that was ever, like the, the sills, the leather inner door sills, which is. Oh, the, the sills are going to be done as well. Yeah, the leather inner door sills, the visors. You know, um, and the sunroof cover like yours, which is beautiful. Yeah, and I think most of most of these were offered from options from Porsche originally. There were actually options for a nine nine seven. I don't know about the sunroof. The sunroof cover, I don't think was, but the inner door sills, etc. They were the visors were. Um, so there were certain things that were actually available when you bought the nine eleven. So, you know, it's not. I think really what happens is, I mean. It's interesting because you think to yourself when you got this car, because, you know, you, you looked at the extra, original extras list of my car. Yes. And you think to yourself, oh, why didn't they get the sun visors done? But I think what must happen, Michael, is that you, you've already been sweated dry by the Porsche buying process at this point. Yeah. You know, and it's the final insult, isn't it? 600 quid for a one sun visor. Yeah, they're expensive. And I think people are just going to go, no way. No way, yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, and the, but the problem is they're very, very cheap. Actually, when the feel to them, mm-hmm. they are the visors. Something that you're always touching, and the sunroofs yeah. around the, you know, the lights around sunroofs around, like we said, you know, things you're touching, you want it to be. Yeah, that's why it's I had very to do. Tactile. That's why I had to do the blades on the side of my PCM. You know, when I got those blades yeah. from yeah. Um, LA Dismantler. Um, and they were perfect, and they were like you know, like I think at the time, whatever it was, a hundred US. So, or what's the standard part then that's there if you don't have those? Because obviously, I've got them. Plastic. It's just, it's the just plastic. plastic. Yeah, it doesn't have any stitch detail, so it's just the plastic. What with leatherette or just plastic? Yeah, it's vinyl. The vinyl material. Yeah, yeah it's just the vinyl sort of padded material. That's all it is. Um, yeah. Uh, See, I, I'm very yeah. conscious of what I add because I don't have the dash and I don't have the doors. So, you know, I've still got that stitching detail on the on the pulls yeah. on the doors that's still there. You know, yeah. when it's on the the lid of the of the console, I think works well. I mean, there is that stitching here and there. So I think now it actually looks quite good. And I think when the other things are added, it's going to even look better. I mean, for me, the main thing is the visors and the sunroofs around. The inner mm-hmm. door sills, I always wanted and... You know, I, I think they look good, but, you know, you're you're going to appreciate them. Um, you don't really touch them, but you just see them every time you get in the car. So I guess it's I guess it's worthwhile. It is worthwhile. But that's an expensive, that's an expensive yeah, part. Yeah, no, it's another expensive one. Yeah, that's one. So that's expenses. that. Yeah, sun visor. So, yeah. So that's, that's, hopefully we'll get all that done through the winter. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Um, what else? What else? So um, what else, Nick? Where are we up uh, to? Plant, plant, plant upgrades. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else you're going... Sorry, I'm talking away from the microphone. Is there anything else that you are thinking about doing? I'm... We discussed this obliquely when I was with you, but I got your view on it rather than mine. Um, I'm still looking for a good number plate. Oh, right. It's the number plate. Yeah, that's important. Mm, That's important. You can't find one? So... At auction? I've I've been looking... I, I don't want one that reflects me at all. I want one that reflects Porsche and, you know... And I'd like to get a 911 one because at least it'll transfer to another 911. The problem with getting a 997 orientated one is that it will only go with a 997. So yeah, yeah. so you get you get the you know um, 
I don't want to say it because I think it's available in Australia. If I say it, someone might go and check for yeah, it. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you later. But there's, you know, you can get, uh, I forget what has James got, Nine Elf, has he? Nine Elf. But Yeah, I've tried all I've looked at Elf. I've looked at Zuff for Zuff and how, you know, all the cryptic, you know, options that you could get in the UK. But what about there's nothing. Uh, any UN 11? Nine, yeah. Nine, yeah. 11. No? They're all, they're all taken. They're all taken. Mm. But anyway, if there's any listeners out there who... Either have something or, you know, you know how to get in touch. Yeah, I mean, you have... I mean, let, let Michael know. Keep checking. You know, can bro- I mean, Michael can broker a deal for me. <laughs> I mean, I checked on I checked on the number plate side in Australia the other day and there's, there's actually still some really good ones available. And I checked them and I just don't understand how someone hasn't taken it already. And, you know, like, I told you how much it costs in Australia to do that. I know, I've got smacked. But, you, yeah, it's... it's it, but you've got a different system. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. system. But there's, I tell you what, if you've got a 911 in certain generations, there's some really key plates still available. It's tempting just to reserve it, just to have it, just in They're case. They're all gone here. They're all gone here. Mm-hmm. I think people buy those sort of plates here more. In Australia, it's not a huge thing because they don't want to spend that much money. People who do plates which are custom but not the expensive custom. Uh, the one I have is the most expensive one to, to pay per year. Um, so that's. You see, you've got that annual retainer. We don't have that. It's just what does it cost to try and yeah. you know, to buy it, and then we well, don't buy it. You're you're leasing it effectively. For, yeah. For as I long mean, as you want, but you know, some of the prices, honestly, Michael, they are no, they're you crazy. Can't justify you can't yeah. justify. I mean, when you get into single digit ones and double digit ones in Australia, especially if they're numbers, you know, lucky Chinese numbers and stuffing of the eighty eight or ninety nine or eight or whatever. They're, you, they're not affordable. They're like Ferrari prices. So, you know, there are really? plates. Yeah, they're very expensive. Their first issue, you know, black plates are very, very expensive. Yeah. Um, and they go to auction and they sell for crazy amounts of money. Um, <laughs> and you see a few in Sydney. There's some. There's a guy in Sydney, I think he has a Bentley and I think he has, I forget which number it is, two or one or eight, eight. I think it's eight, number eight. It's literally just a number. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah. you know, the really early New South Wales plates. Yeah. And they're, they're only very, they're like a square shape. So yeah, they're yeah. very, very expensive, very rare. Mm. Um, so, so that's really, I think that's the only thing I'd want to do, you okay. know, in the next year. Yeah. All right. Um, we're coming up to an hour, believe it or not. Um, these, these, <laughs> these podcasts. You, t- you told me 25 minutes. I was going to be 25 t- minutes. Yeah, so 25 I think, minutes. I think we might, <laughs> we might, I don't like to do them too much over an hour. I think an hour is, is pretty good, but I think let's just tell the listeners what your, what you're what you're thinking about buying next? What's what are you planning? What do you, what is in your mind at the moment? First thing you think of now, what do you want to have next? What nine eleven? I mean, oh, it's the GT three touring. GT three touring. So a nine nine one point two or a nine nine two? I think nine nine two because nine nine ones. I think they're unobtainable. I don't think you can get one. Yeah. As soon as they come online, they're gone. And would you get it in PDK or would you get it in manual? No manual. Manual, yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see it, actually. I mean, I guess the, the what GT... What colour should I get, Michael? What colour? Uh, I'd get the green. I'd probably Not get... Tangerine. I'd probably be boring. Orange. Actually. Yeah, see, Orange. I'd, pro- I'd probably be boring and get GT Silver. I don't know why. <laughs> I probably would. It Does depends it if it... You know? It depends what colors. Maybe they're going to launch. Maybe you know. Sometimes don't they bring out different colors in the second yeah. gen, or you know, in the in new models? They somehow every now and again, like in the Taycan, I know they introduced a few mm. new colors for the new model year for the twenty one model. I mean, it's year. interesting looking at the nine nine two colors at the moment. You know, ahead of whatever they're going to release for the GT threes, but they're not. They're not that many colors there, really, no. are they? 
would you get cer- would you would you get ceramic brakes or would you get steel brakes? Steel, I think. Steel brakes. I don't. Yeah. I'm not sold on ceramics. I like I like the spec of um, Magnus Walker had a video yesterday um, of a Carrera S in Aventurine green or whatever you call it that green mm. and it had those seats I like those seats which are the Sportex is it called mm. Sportex it looks like checkerboard and yeah. it had those seats and believe it or not it had wood trim and it just had the it just had the wood trim with the black, and it actually it's a looked, bit Jaguar, isn't it? It looked good. It actually looked. It surprised me how good it looked with the wood trim. I need um, to watch it. The only thing that distressed me was that the centerpiece on the nine nine two is like that cheap Mercedes Benz that they used to put in C classes. That black plastic. It looks like yeah. polished black plastic. I don't yeah. know whether you can spec that. So that's maybe you have to get the carbon pack or the matte carbon pack. But yeah. I don't know. In the wood, that wasn't wood. It was still that black plastic, which looked a bit. It looked a bit strange. It's like the same material that the Carrera T, the nine nine one Carrera T had. Uh, the strips on the mm. dashboard was this shiny black plastic, which a lot of people specced as leather mm. to get rid of it because it was yeah. just. It's not very nice. Um, yeah. But I think you know. I think that's a good choice, Nick. Nine nine two GT three Touring. It's either that or that's big money. It is. It is. Should I do it on PCP, shall I? So I, mean, I think so. So, <laughs> so I guess you're not going to keep the 997, right? You're not going to have two. I think on those, in that deal, I'd, I'd have to throw it in. Yeah, yeah. The other option is to get a left hooker from the States, which is another serious option, to get a 70s um, 911 coupe. I think the Touring's a good thing. I mean, I don't know whether you can find, if you can find a 901 Touring at a good price, but like you said, they're pretty high, aren't they? There's, I think when I looked at Auto Trader, there was like two or three. Well, available. if you're going to spend that money on a second-hand one, why don't I just buy a new one? Yeah, it's almost the same amount, isn't it? Because at least sitting... I can personalize it and do, do my thing with it. Yeah, true. You can do it exactly right, and it's a keeper too. Yeah. The GT3 is. Touring is definitely a keeper. Yeah, they'll be burying me in that one. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's an understated. It's a great one. Great one. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. All right, so that's it. I think are we are we at the end? Have we? Have we covered everything you wanted to cover? Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners? Um, and you have got that planned drive. Like I, uh, I think I have mentioned it briefly, but you've yeah. got the planned drive next year, uh, which you yeah. invited me along with, even Dude. though I'm nine eleven us eleven. We'll sort that. We'll sort that out. Um, We've got a few months yet. Uh, my car is becoming a bit of a concern because I can't get back to Australia due to the Australian government um, rejecting I its think, citizens. Yeah, Did I, you see, I feel uh, for you. I yeah. feel for you. <laughs> It's, it's a crazy situation, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, all right. Anything else? Not really. No, we'll just, we'll, we just need to find you a 911 for next year. That's I think that's good. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Michael. Lovely talking to you. Okay. That's great. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Like I said, this is a Porsche Cool podcast. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else. Uh, this episode is the Porsche Owner Stories. This is number one. Nick talking about his uh, Porsche passion and his uh, Carrera 997 Carrera 4S. Um, there's more of these to come. This will go up on uh, next Tuesday. This will go up on a Tuesday. Um, it doesn't matter me saying that because you're going to be listening to it anyway. But um, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Four.